Well, that's the challenge is we're, we're still competing with stock power. So yeah, that's, power. that's really the handicap. You know, when I was right. more involved in Japanese cartoon and you could pick your horsepower number and you could have full freedom over that, okay. the, the challenge of the constraint is trying to do that and respect Tesla's batteries, power, and firmware, which is a hurdle, but still breaking 10 minutes with that, we're pretty, pretty happy with that result. Hey, welcome to Car Guy Confessions, brought to you by ARP. I'm Jeff Smith. This is my car buddy, Cam Benzie, and car builder, Steve Strope, and we're going to tell you some stories. Welcome to another episode of Car Guy Confessions with Jeff Smith. Jeff is not here today. He's, no, he's shivering not. in 38 degrees in his home in Iowa. Well, that's, that's what he gets. That's inside. Well, I think he may have his heater working now. No, so anyway. That's anyway. a plus. So we are sponsored by ARP Dash Bolts, which we forever will be dot indebted. Com. Dot, dot com. Dot, which we will forever be uh, indebted to. And we are here again at the Peterson Automotive Museum in Los Angeles. So which we is are very choice. Absolutely. Let you know, alone... Yeah, Lumacoop's yeah. behind us. Yeah, Lumacoop there. They that nice doesn't enough. suck. That's right. They turned off all their audio so we can actually hear each other, which sometimes is not a good thing, but that's okay. We'll, we'll I, just go with it. Because I'm in the wintry Christmas spirit. I came as a Yeti. Yes, you See, did. <laughs> is it Christmas You have to Yeti? introduce the stranger yes, at the yes, other end of the this, table. This gentleman is Ben Schaefer, who is the CEO of Unplugged Performance, and he also works with uh, Bulletproof Motorsports. Correct? And you have some amazing stuff to talk about with regards to your cars and your builds. Welcome. Thanks for having me. That's We're going to have the whole crowd go, pleasure. hi, Ben, everyone at home. <laughs> hi, Ben. Hi, everybody. Right. There you go. Say hi to Absolutely. the people, Ben. Absolutely. <laughs> They're well, out there, I promise. There's like eight of them. So what's <laughs> interesting about his company is that he is based in Hawthorne Nine. as well. Uh, Hawthorne is the, is the site of uh, not only Tesla, but also um, SpaceX. That's the main headquarters, correct, for SpaceX? We have some pretty cool neighbors. I, I, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. But what uh, your company does, which is pretty fascinating, is you are the only truly approved vendor for Tesla parts in aftermarket applications? Yeah, approved is not really an official thing. I would say that we, we definitely have a long history of working with Teslas. Okay. And we happen to be neighbors with Tesla. We have some areas where we cross over, but we are 100% independent. So bulletproof motorsports. Automotive. Auto, I'm sorry, automotive. Enough. Okay. Well, you started you with bulletproof. Yep. Yeah, we're in the we're in the ballpark. <laughs> okay. Um, what part? It's, it's close. So you were doing that originally. You were talking Correct. to me earlier about yeah. the fact that you were doing Japanese car modifications. That's where it all started for us. Yes. And fast and furious cars. And you Absolutely. worked with our buddy Dennis McCarthy. Yay, on, Dennis. Uh, yeah, Dennis on, is a great guy. Uh, Tokyo Drift was one of your first uh, endeavors in that regard. So yeah, well, I was an extra on the first one, even before Dennis came in. Dennis really? came in on the second. What was your part? I, you I was just a street racer that got picked up off the street and ended up in the movie. And really? that was the first year I started Bulletproof. So I had my Honda S2000 in there and I was Very out cool. there at Race Wars in San Bernardino Airport. And I was out Very there cool. actually, oddly enough, on Prairie in Hawthorne for uh, one of the scenes. Unbeknownst to me, my office would end up being there years later. It's just a weird coincidence nice. of life. Nice how that works out sometimes. But yeah, my, it's my first crazy. Fast and Furious movie was Tokyo Drift. Yeah. I was, uh, our car Hammer was Vin Diesel's car at the very end. Very cool. Yeah, yeah so that's, all right, it's, see. It's we, the Roadrunner, so there's we got some things. Some crossover here. I yeah, was uh, involved yeah. in a little bit of influence of having the RB26 and that Mustang with, with Dennis. One of the companies I was importing for at the time, called Top Secret in Japan, was one of the uh, partners in the movie as well, and they wanted to have a fully Japanese-built RB26 GTR engine put into the Mustang for that film, which at the time, was very controversial. Fast yes, forward, now we're controversial doing EVs, which we'll talk about, but I'm no stranger right. to being uh, in a, a weird spot where we're kind of pushing the envelope. Makes sense. So so that whole experience working on that movie and building these Japanese cars as performance cars, which are obviously very exotic for the time, um, that how did that move into the EV market? Where, where Where's the crossover? What's our timeline from Japanese car to EV? Yeah, so um, I've been in this world, if you will, for, for 23 years. I started when I was in college when I was 20, which was the timeline of the first Fast and the Furious movie. And Where, we, where'd you go to college? Uh, went to USC's entrepreneur program, but before that, Arizona State, ASU. Okay. Um, and uh, I was always someone who liked cars and somehow found a way to keep the hobby alive through entrepreneurship and running a business. And I just kind of went with wherever my passion went. Um, so in the beginning, I was very interested in Japanese culture. I still am and love Japanese cars. I was right. not so much of an enthusiast of classics. I was very interested in 
new technology, new ideas, just trying different things. And especially, I like being an underdog and challenging whatever the status quo is. Uh, you know, I was one of these kids who was always thinking about how to make a Honda Civic beat a Ferrari in a drag race just because it's fun to upset sure. someone who has a bigger budget. Sure. That was kind Makes of my, my motivation in the beginning. Right. Um, Have you spent much time over in Japan? Yeah, I've been back and forth about 50 times over a couple decades. Wow. Wow. And yeah, we, early on, we were very much, um, I'd say, a part of bringing Japanese cartooning to the U.S. This is before everyone had a smartphone in their pocket and before everything could be bought online with overnight shipping. Um, so we would, you know, essentially find great Japanese brands, curate the best products and import them to the U.S. And a lot of our job back then was just educating people on what even existed because all the information wasn't there. So... I've kind of seen the beginning waves of Japanese cartooning uh, in the early 2000s. And uh, unexpectedly, I think that informed me of the beginning waves of EV tuning. And the transition happened because we uh, bought an office building uh, next to Tesla in 2013. And we were tuning these couple thousand horsepower Nissan GTRs. That was our main focus. We met some of our neighbors at Tesla, had some friendly conversation as car enthusiasts do. I was asked a fairly simple question of how would you go about modifying a Tesla? And that set my mind going and uh, went way off the deep end, you know, building parts and modifying Teslas when there was no customer. There was no one doing it. Where did you get your background to work on electric, electric motors? Now all of a sudden you're working in a completely different venue for powertrain. How did that all kind of come about? You put a lot of studying into it or would they, they walk you through this? What'd they do? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think a lot of the um, skill sets and know-how of building a tuning brand are transferable. Obviously, for EVs, some of the skill set we had with, um, you know, preparing uh, engines and transmission builds and exhaust systems and turbos are not relevant to EVs. So, you know, in ter terms of painting, you have less colors to paint with. But, uh, you know, setting up a car for Pikes Peak like we've done with our team uh, in terms of, of suspension setup, aerodynamics, braking, wheel and tire package overall handling, light weighting, composites, all of these things are no different than our GTRs. We were well known for building full carbon fiber GTRs and taking a lot of weight out of that car. Uh, you know, now we're making carbon fiber Teslas and getting rid of glass and putting in Lexan and all of these things. Some percentage is transferable uh, in terms of just supply chain, engineering, mm -hmm. staffing and know-how. Um, but, you know, some things you can't do. So there's pros and cons. Um, above all, what, I would what say... What can't you do? What are we talking about? What are the limitations on something like that? Well, we, we try to add value to Tesla. That's really our, our basis from 2013 forward was trying to um, kind of help Tesla's mission as best we could. So we've made a determination that screwing around with the equivalent of, like, uh, engine management systems, like for a GTR, you could put a MoTeC ECU in there and, and control the, the, the motors. For a Tesla, there are people who hack Teslas. We don't do that. Um, our point of view is that, uh, for one, it adds a lot of risk to Tesla in terms of warranty. Also, anyone who's driven a Tesla knows a lot of the value of a car like that is the firmware and all the integration of electronics. And when you throw that out, you have pretty much only a race car, which there is a market for, but uh, it's a bigger trade-off in a Tesla than it is in a GTR. Um, and ultimately, it sounds sacrilegious, but the Plaid Model S with 1,000 horsepower and instant torque, it's got a lot of power. It, it, it needs other things, in our opinion, to make it perfect. Mm -hmm. It needs you know, more focus on suspension and brakes if you want to race it. But uh, the 1,000 horsepower is, is not lacking. Um, is, is there yeah. a market for that? I'm just curious. I mean, it seems like you know, an electric race car these days. I mean... That's interesting. Increasingly, increasingly yeah. there is. In what platform now? Now he he did a uh, Model S for for. We've Pikes uh, at Pikes Peak we did a Model Pikes Three Peak. at first. Model went through three. a pretty gnarly crash there and rebuilt it, and yeah. then we came back with the Model S Plaid. So we're, we're four years in a row at Pikes Peak with okay. uh, a three and, and an S three times. And you you've won, correct? And we've won our division in the S. We also. What is the division? I'm curious. Uh, so we compete in exhibition division, which basically has no rules. It's essentially unlimited, and it's because we're not trying to set a production record. For us, it's boring if you can't modify a car. So we just want to do whatever we can do. Um, but we're up there with stock power. The car is still heavy as hell. It's like 4,800 pounds. Oof. Uh, wow. But <clears throat> this wow. past year, we broke 10 minutes, which at Pikes Peak is a pretty good yeah, thing. That's a good number. Yeah. That's a good number. Like I mentioned, my friend, we had him on the show, uh, Mike Ryan races the uh, mm -hmm. semis. The semi, too. the big rig. Yeah. yeah. That's a simple car to get up there. <laughs> kind of like your truck getting here. He's, 
He's <laughs> wonderfully crazy. He is. Definitely. It's unbelievable. I, I don't yeah, think don't I've ever seen anything go up Pikes Peak that has made me go, what? Yeah. More yeah. than his big rig. Yeah. I think anyone yeah. running Pikes Peak has a little bit of crazy in them. And sure. Oh, well, Four yes. years doing it, I still doubt myself what we're doing up there when we get up to that mountain, especially uh, practice up at the top at the Devils. When you're up there at three in the morning and the sun's coming up, you just question your own sanity and what you're doing, what your driver's doing. Our driver's Randy Popes. I love Randy. And Oh, um, so Randy's your actual driver. Yeah. Oh, well, there's a, there's a name. Yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> Randy's fantastic. Yeah. He's yeah. Uh, been doing this a long time. He's, uh, he's had a lot of experience, and he's just a lot of fun to work with. He's yeah. a really just great human. That's awesome. So you did it with a Model 3 first, and how modified was that from, say, or, you know, somebody who has a Model 3? Say, completely different, everything's different, motors. Well, that's the challenge is we're, we're still competing with stock power. So yeah, that's, power. that's really the handicap. You know, when I was right. more involved in Japanese cartoon and you could pick your horsepower number and you could have full freedom over that. Okay. The, the challenge of the constraint is trying to do that and respect Tesla's batteries, power and firmware, which is a hurdle, but still breaking 10 minutes with that. We're pretty, pretty happy with that result. Uh, the Model 3 and the Model S in concept are the same. We did a lot of aero. Uh, wheel, tire, brakes. I mean, the, the Model S, for example, I just think is ridiculous, the wheel sizes. We run a 19 by 13 front and back, which is a pretty, wow. it's a lot of rubber at the front of the car. Um, but, you know, the dimensions on the Model S reminds me of like Super Size Me in American culture. Everything is just maximized. Uh, you need as much downforce, as much grip, as much everything as you can because it's such a big, heavy car. It's not a traditional race car. Uh, no. No, it's not. And, and how does it change? So it's, it starts as a Plaid, is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. So starts we, as a Plaid. It starts as a normal Tesla. Okay. Uh, in the Model 3 and the Plaid's case, brand new cars from Tesla delivered. And we tear everything out that we can tear out to save weight so the interior comes out. Um, yeah, totally revised suspension. On the Model S, we ended up uh, throwing away the air suspension, and we developed a suspension that utilizes Olin shocks. It's a TTX four-way adjustable shock, similar that you'd find on a you know, Lamborghini uh, race car or something of that category. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, uh, fully adjustable, all the suspension arms, billet, adjustable, um, custom wheels, forged wheels, obviously, Yokohama slicks, tons of aero, Lexan instead of glass for all the all that stuff. The slicks are what you ran up Pikes Peak, though, is it? We run slicks on Pikes, yeah, Yokohama slicks. Oh, that's right. They paved everything. Yeah, you're, you're old yeah. school. You're talking about when it was dirt yeah. at the top. Believe it I or not, that. it actually was safer when it was dirt. That's a, that's a yeah, counterintuitive concept. Uh, I always thought it was more dangerous as dirt, but as I've come to learn, the speeds got higher and the road condition sure. is absolutely dismal at the top. So cars are getting airborne and I, nasty things are happening. I, as there. a enthusiast watching it, and I've been involved with a lot of different racing, I just like the idea that everybody had to do a compromise because the setup had to go fast on tarmac and then go fast on dirt. I can tell you it is still a compromise. Oh, I, it's I'm basically sure, off-roading on the top and the smooth right. track on the bottom. The suspension yeah. setup is a nightmare when you have an aero car like we have. We have you know, less than two inches of ground clearance because you have to develop as much aero as you can. Wow. And doing that and having real conditions where you're getting airborne and jumping, it's still setting up a car for two different races in one. Right. It's a, it's a tricky race, wow. and it's, uh, I, I think that's what makes it appealing, is no matter what happens, you never really feel like you accomplished your goal because you only get one shot at it where you're running the whole section, and the weather is a nightmare because uh, you don't know what you're going to get. The road conditions change every year. So yeah. many crazy things happen up there. And the only thing fair is everybody that day has Everyone to run Everyone has that. the same challenge, yeah. Right. <laughs> but, you know, we've, we've won our division, we broke 10 minutes, and I can tell you every time we did it, we still felt like there was more on the table and we didn't get it all done. Sure. And that's what brings people back to it, is you have a bad oh, year, yeah. you crash, you want to come back and redeem yourself. You have a yeah. good year, you still want to do better. So you're just, you get stuck in this loop of trying to prove how far you can go, and I think that's maybe all motorsports, but Pikes Peak is especially crazy. Yeah, right. So, so when Randy comes back down and you're talking about the run and you're saying you leave things on the table, it's a, is it in terms of power? Is it all of it? Is it handling? What, what are the elements that he – say in your last time you ran. Yeah. What are the areas that you're going to improve on going the next time? The last time we ran was, I would say, our best time because we got to run the full run. It was good weather, which is fantastic when you get that. Um, you always have some frustration. In this case uh, – no frustration with how Randy did it. He was fantastic. No frustration with how the car did as far as tuning. It was fantastic. 
frustration with the limitations of battery cooling in the battery packs. Um, it's not something there's really a solution for. These cars have huge warranties. They're meant to have a lot of miles on them. They're meant to go to supercharging stations of Tesla. The fact is the current generation of battery pack just can't stay cool enough for a full 10 minute run. And you end up running some portion of that run at reduced power. And when we look at the data and we look at this thing, we're like, man, that car was really fast for the first two minutes and then it gradually gets slower. Now, uh, ICE cars have a similar challenge tuning for altitude. Um, sure. And there's, there's variabilities there you have to deal with. But for EVs on a production spec battery pack that every Tesla, you know, every daily driven Model S has the same battery, that thing just gets hot when you're running it for that many minutes. Isn't there a cooling system in that battery pack? There is, but there's only so much you can do cooling the individual cells in that pack. Um, the Model S has, uh, well, the new cars have what they call the 4680 battery packs, which are not, those packs are not currently in the Model S. They're in the Cybertruck now. Um, theoretically, that should be an improvement on cooling, uh, but the Model S Plaid makes massive power. It's fantastic for a couple minutes. We have lap records at a lot of racetracks. It's really great, but on a 10 minute run, you're not getting full power the whole run. And that when you look at that, you know, if you took the first two minutes and applied that to the whole run, it would have been a ridiculous uh, time. But we still, I think we're 954, which we're really happy with. There's no car that weighs 4,800 pounds and has four doors and two trunks and can't a imagine. production car that's anywhere near that. I can't imagine they'd even be close to that. That's crazy. Lots and lots of weight. Hey, we'd like to thank our sponsor, ARP-Bolts.com. We got a fantastic little backdrop here. They make it an outstanding series of bolts, almost anything you would need for engines, chassis, things like that. In fact, we were at lunch today, and a guy asked you about the, the, the bolt on the back of your shirt, and it was, and, it was really, and I said, well, it's really about a head bolt. They neck the, 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 the stem down of the bolt on a short small block Chevy head bolt, so the clamp load is even across three different head bolt lengths on a small block Chevy. And, uh, you know, so that, that's the kind of technology that you get out of sure. ARP. And uh, we, we've all got stories on all that right. stuff. Well, but, for a uh, translation of what he said, call ARPBolts.com. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the message is that you can't get any better than that. No, you so cannot. There yep. you go. Nope. Excellent. And then just check them out at ARP-Bolts.com. We'd like to thank our friends at InTheGarageMedia.com. They have three fantastic magazines. They've got Classic Truck Performance. They have Modern Rotting and my favorite, All Chevy Performance, with Nick, my buddy Nick, oh, as you're the so editor. Biased. So Correct. yes, of course. Yes. But uh, they're doing print media, which yes. is, uh, of course, our favorite. So uh, in color magazine. and everything. In color and everything, yes. and and you can get your your car on the cover of one of those books, right. which is right. a fun no, that's deal. A lot. Great yeah. tech. You Great tech. By you, you know, not always written by me, but yeah. People. Yeah. Not yeah. always written by me. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Just so pick it up and read it. At yes. InTheGarageMedia.com, and uh, they're our friends, and uh, they will thank you. Well, we're at Peterson, by the way, and I should shout out Jeffrey Zwart and his 935 over here. That was uh, running with us, and I think we were eight seconds from that car, which is a fantastic car. And polar opposites. It's even hard to compare them, but we're just honored that we're in a category with you know some of the best motorsports cars Porsche can make, and Jeffrey's a fantastic driver as well. So uh, good photographer too. Yeah. Um, just so you know that during this podcast we will be able to interject different photos. So we'll take a picture of the um, the Porsche there, cool. and we'll add that in there. But we need whatever you've got too. So all of your files, yeah. you have to open them all up and let us see everything <laughs> you've ever done. <laughs> so that's wow, uh, wow. That's right. that's part of the deal. All that's the that's all. That's, that, is a, that is a lie. Sorry about that. Okay. <laughs> First time. First time here. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, it's just amazing what's going on. So, so does Elon come down and, like, open the door and say, hey, what are you guys doing today? We used to be ner nervous that one day Elon would drop in on us. That hasn't happened, and I quite frankly don't mind that at all. Yeah. Um, he's got much more important things to worry about than the motorsports. Like flipping off Disney. <laughs> he by finds, the way. He finds a way to create his own by adventure. The way, that's for sure. Loved him for it. <clears throat> Look, I like any man that owns a business that stands up for himself. I was, um, as everyone was, he was, pretty doing. blown away by, by uh, his ability to do that because most people are beholden to someone and don't have the ability or confidence to speak up against, you know, whoever has leverage over them. And he clearly is someone who will challenge he's anyone got, he's got and no one has leverage, leverage. over him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's taking on the president of the country. It's pretty rare for a business person to 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 take these bold decisions, but he has conviction in his beliefs and, sure. you know, and agree or and not. Or you have he's to crazy, one yeah. of the two. But I, I, as a business owner, salute 
him standing up what he feels is right for his business. Well, that's the only way to be successful these days, is it not? I mean, if you yeah. start kowtowing to everybody that goes on, especially and, the social media, and the media stuff that's going on now, there's oh. so much. You can throw a dart in the air and find something that someone's going to complain about. You know, with yeah. all the I don't know with if all that's all different or if social media just amplified that it has always existed. Oh, well, I think people are always yeah, but now there's like there's. I mean, before your company, my company, and anybody else never had to worry about pronouns in the office. There's, there's a million new scatterbrain, ridiculous things that were never even an issue that people have to tiptoe around. And I'm thoroughly behind him going, I'm not tiptoeing around it, whatever it happens to be. Good for him. I, again, I'm giving him a thumbs up. I'm giving him a, a, applause. Good for you. Stand up for yourself. Well, anyway. He's, he's, he's wired that way. And, yeah, apparently. And, uh, Captain Tact. <laughs> Don't care. You know what? When, when, when there's that much finances on the table, yeah. my tech will go right out the door, well, too. He's, he's definitely got, you know, who's, who, what is he, the richest guy? I mean, is that what we're saying right now? Is he yeah. more than the richest Bezos? Guy? But what's oh, interesting yeah. is oh, even, yeah. even when he wasn't, he was still the same. Yes. I, no question. I yeah. It, yes. I remember when there was just rumblings of him. Yep. He yeah. seems like the totally the same He's guy. He's always been the kind of person money, who, money who's, who's all in him. on anything that yep. he believes in. doesn't I matter what the risk level is. Hey. If he believes in it, he's all in. You know, back then when he was just coming up and he was making flamethrowers, <laughs> I loved him then, too. And uh, this, We this, have one in the office. Yeah, that, they're pretty good. You know what? That's great. We need a picture of that. We need <laughs> a picture of that for our deal. It's <laughs> Christmas. Here's your flamethrower. But, but do you not find that to be the case with your, your company? I mean, you had to be all in for your company to work. How many people, by the way, how big is your, your company? How, how many employees do you have? We've got a, around 40 people on the oh, team. Jeez. There you go. Um, Bless your heart. It's, it's a lot of work <laughs> to crap. do what we do. Who, and so, we, we, we do a lot more than what 40 normally would do. Who's funding this? We are brutally funding this by any means that we can on the edge the whole way through because we're always ahead of the market. When we started, for I, example, I get that, but somebody's got to be paying 40 people. I have employees too, so my brain's going, well, my customers pay me to work on our cars, and then I take that money and I pay my rent and my whatever. But you are building specific Tesla race cars. Much, and it's not for Tesla. cars are not the core business. That's no. just that's just what's the part core of business? What's, the Let's core, get to that. The core business. For I'm us, confused, kids. <laughs> the core business for us on the unplugged side of things is a couple categories. Number one, Tesla doesn't have what you would see with Mercedes with an AMG or a BMW with an M. We're trying our no, best to fulfill as much of that as we can. Which means every Tesla that exists, we have a series of parts that make it sportier and whatever that might mean. Okay, so you have hard products that purchase that people can purchase. We have about 400 SKUs uh, across all the different Tesla applications. What, what the fuck am I? I'm sorry. Did I just say that? I mean, <laughs> what the hell? 400 parts? It's wow. a lot of work. Yeah, I mean, we're 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 trying our best So people to can go online, come to you and find the whatever whatever Tesla you have, we have Who's wheels, brakes, it? suspension, carbon fiber parts, anything okay. that you would you would get from Mercedes from AMG that you can't get for Tesla, we're trying to create that outcome. Okay. Well, and, and again, forgive me, but when I hear trying to create, I'm like, when you're trying to create something, how are you paying bills with trying to create? You must have parts that are selling. Yeah, sure. So, so my, so my question to you is direct. How is the income coming at the real income that's turning the lights on and paying the guys? What is that that you're doing that is paying those bills? So when we started Unplugged, Bulletproof, every dollar Bulletproof made funded Unplugged because we had no customers and we were just starting Tesla tuning. So Bulletproof and, is still going 23 years. And that's Bulletproof a business that is? Imports Japanese car yeah. racing parts and does okay. custom work on Japanese cars. There's, there's our, at least that, the beginning, that's, the that's our hard funding money. source. Yeah. Right. The Japanese market of performance cars. So we, we leveraged Skylines. every dollar we had to create an EV aftermarket that was fun and exciting. And that was our opinion of the counter argument of EVs are boring and there's no future for car culture. We wanted to solve that argument back in 2013 and we've been working on solving it ever since. That's why we go to Pikes Peak. That's why we have Tesla course, the track day events. We've done like 30 plus of those. That's why we're- Where's where that Where's that stage? Uh, Tesla Corsa, we've done them in, in Europe and Austria. We've done them at Laguna Seca, Button Willow, uh, Big Willow Streets, nice. uh, Atlanta Motorsports Park. I'd like to come out the next time you guys. And we have a car to Nurburgring, by the way, for development as well. So we, wow. we're out there with the Model 3. What? Nurburgring? What about the Nurburg? We, we keep a car out there that we develop on. We have a, a partner shop out there at the ring. And you um, get to sell a lot of parts. Nur Nuremberg is the We're pushing trials. hard. 
Nuremberg was the trials. Nuremberg reigns. <laughs> let's let's separate those two yeah, realities. I, I, I understand that. <laughs> I'm just saying difference. none of this is. Okay. See, I no. I unfortunately have sponsored race cars, etc., yeah. etc. Et the, the money we're talking here is not twenty nine ninety nine. It's so super hard. I'm going. Where is this coming from? That's why I'm digging. So, I'm trying to find out what's funding a car hanging out over right. in Germany with money being able to make it go vroom vroom. Well, take it back. Make it go. Whatever the noise whiz, is, whiz whiz. Yes. But, um, just, just fast. I How's will. That? I will give you a, a prideful slash sad example uh, of funding. Um, so before sad. we well, sad. Well, think about it. So before we started unplugged in 2013, I bought Tesla stock in 2012 at 23 dollars a share, which is a pretty good thing. Okay. And did. that's also what funded you the business. You did good. You did was, good. Was that I yeah. sold all those shares to fund the business because we there weren't making any money during that time. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just getting the baseline it's, here. It's, you know, as an entrepreneur. No bass player pun you know, intended. Sure. You have to sacrifice whatever it is yeah. what you believe in. So I, amen, brother. We went a lot amen. of years not taking any pay. I yep. went sure. a bunch of years liquidating my Tesla shares when they were up just because it was that or not believe this, in the vision of Unplugged. Right. That is exactly Good. what I'm digging it's for. It's all right the now. struggle. Yep. And I understand this struggle. From somebody but, you know, who, you have to be a little bit crazy to be doing yes, these things do. to begin with. So I, I am your kindred, believe it or not. I <laughs> lived in my shop and had nowhere to shower, so I joined a 24-hour fitness so I could shower with 30 freaking strangers every morning and night. Yeah. So oh, I'm yeah. all about the you same bet. thing you're talking about. You yeah. That's why I'm digging and scratching for, wait a minute, whoa, whoa, whoa. What's funding the car hanging out over at the Nuremberg ring? You know, that's yeah. not... Twenty nine ninety nine. No. Either anytime you're you're pushing new territory, creating new customers that didn't exist, you're putting yourself and your company and everything, your family, everything at some degree of risk. For, sure, yes, for something are. that you believe in. See, I like and you now. See, we're, we're used to that. I like him. We're, we're, what's Kindred selling spirit. the most? What are you selling? By the way, just yeah. to totally throw you guys off here, yeah. the other thing we're working on right now is we're building police cars. So that's a whole different category of our business. E EV, and, e EV yeah, police cars, absolutely. Okay. Oh, boy, there's got to be some big controversy of that. So uh, just to, to right. throw a wrench in the whole concept of motorsports and Pikes Peak, I don't know a whole lot of companies that run Pikes Peak, build cars that could be used for street racing and also build cop cars that pull those guys over. Yeah. But we're... Yeah, why not? It's a free we're, country. Uh, you know, the, the bottom line is that um, I'm very interested in solving new challenges. I like being the underdog. And back... When yes, I was 20 years old, I liked Japanese cartooning when everyone said it was nonsense and the cars weren't fast and they weren't any good. I liked challenging people with that. Uh, 2013, modifying Teslas, no one was doing it. That was a great challenge. Now we have a lot of lap records. In the beginning, everyone said the cars were slow. They could only go straight. They couldn't handle mm -hmm. one by one overcoming these obstacles. Now policing is the next thing, which is that. They need to be super reliable. Reliable is important. And handle but horrible the, weather right. and. But isn't the range the biggest thing with regards to well, police cars? Well, most police cars and removing highway patrol, which is an anomaly, but most police cars only drive 60 miles a day. Really? Um, but the, the, the more interesting fact is that the police cars, for, for one, they're the, they're the office for the officers. They're in the car all day. So the air conditioning's on and running. They have electronics that are running all day long. And to have those electronics running all day long, the engine's running all day long. So when you look at how much they spend on gasoline, about 70% of it is idling just because... It's, an, it's a mobile right. office. It waits. So when you look at what it costs for taxpayers to pay for a gasoline-powered police car versus an EV, total cost of ownership is cheaper to have an EV because you're not idling the car to operate it all day. So right. when you look at you know, mileage and everything else, the numbers become very compelling. The challenge is there's a lot of fear still of what happens if the battery runs out? How do you charge it? What happens if you know, there's a cyber attack or all these crazy things? We have to disrupt that kind of fear improve through doing it, that mm -hmm. it actually makes sense. And we're making headway with that, and uh, that's the next battle for us. Right. I did some work with a company called uh, Adamani that did uh, electric buses. I don't know mm -hmm. if you know this company. There's, there's a bigger company in Canada. I can't remember the name of that company. But that all made sense because electric you know, buses pretty much do the same route. And they predict go, it pretty well. Predict yeah. it. You know where they're going to go. And then at lunchtime, they'll get, they could all get charged up. You know, so it's not like a situation where you have to go a long ways twice. You could charge them at midday. So those all make yeah, sense. See, that makes sense for EV for me, for yeah. electric vehicles. I got no problem with that. Plus, plus in 2035, I'd much rather have a V12 screaming to listen to them. <laughs> Sorry. I, so, I, I understand. I, I am of yeah. that ilk. I will never change Don't that apologize ilk. to me. I'm a car guy. I started yeah. with gasoline and, and That's cars, why I so. feel I can speak openly because of yes. you've told yeah. me your background. I, I am, and a lot of people, 
maybe not everybody, but I am very visceral. And the reason I got into hot rods is visceral. And the reason I have drag race nostalgia funny cars is visceral. I, I, as a person, I cannot speak for a group. I, as a person, which I've said on this show before, I would rather watch an, an abrasively loud, obnoxious car cut nines than anything that cuts a four. I could care less if something is like a light switch and poof, and there's no drama to it. And as a human who is visceral, I need all of that or I'm not intrigued. Yes. The un- unbelievably, when, when, in other words, speaking before your entity, when the Teslas came out, I'm like, I don't care about the party trick of being able to go in a straight line faster than a Ferrari with your four-door sedan. Because I'll tell you what, when you pull up, went back then, I said, I'll tell you what, let's do best out of five and I'll kill your battery and then I'll beat your ass all day long because you don't have a battery left and it won't really matter because your party trick's over. That is how I was, how I felt about it when it came in. Well, why I just made the comment about the buses, I think as far as EV in its existence, whether it be performance or not, which is undeniable on the performance, the instant torque, light switch, boom, all the power. It's undeniable. But as far as it being a fantastic solution for public transportation, and especially people living uh, in suburban and only going right. down to you know Walmart and picking up their sure. whatever and all this stuff and reducing all the emissions situations and all that, it, rock and roll. I think my biggest irritation with its existence mm-hmm. is that the governments are saying, you will not have a choice. You're going to have this and this only, like our lovely governor. 2035, you're not even going to be allowed to. I'm sorry, in America, you just said I'm not going to be allowed to. You know, so, and now there's, what's her name? The lady that runs GM Oh, came uh, out and said, uh, yeah. we're not selling, we're not doing this. Mary, Mary Barrow. You know, it's, yeah. Yeah, Mary Barrow so did that. Yeah. For me, if this would have went a whole lot more natural right. and just. Sure, get to pick. I, Tesla has their own thing and sells all of them they possibly can because I'm all about people right. doing great and making great business. Terrific. Just don't tell me that's the only thing I'm going to be able to do. I, I find that yeah. frustrating. I don't think anyone can defend the fact that we all like freedom of choice. Right. Uh, and that's I, I totally yeah. get that. Right. My, my point of view is that as a car enthusiast, I don't want to see everyone looking past tense as to what was fun. I'd like to have things that are in the future that are exciting. I, I, an example would be my background was a lot in Japanese cars and Nissan GTRs, things like that. When the latest Nissan Z came out, they tried really hard to go back to the era of the 240Z with the design. I find more and more, and this they is why- They didn't do it. I love early Zs. You can't do yes. it is the problem. It literally yeah. can't be done because cars have gotten bigger and heavier. Bigger and, and heavier. And there's more I safety equipment and all this small stuff. Yep. Right. I mean, that. you got the Miata. They're fun. But they're still bigger. Everything's bigger. Everything's bigger. Everything's heavier. They're really ugly. I hate them. Uh, so, you know. The, <laughs> oh, well, I know. send your hate mail to like cam.bendy. I do not like Miatas. I like the first one. Those things that's are, it. Are, those little MX-5s, are, they've got buttery little transmission. They're a good yeah. little car. I, I love lightweight it, analog zip cars. Those little things. But the bottom line is I, I've decided personally, and it's no judgment to anyone else, I've decided personally I'd rather not be someone who wishes for the old times that are past. I want to build something new that's exciting. And if EVs are what it's going to be, I'd rather make them as awesome as I can make them. That's just my point I understand of view. That. That's, really, that's really well I, said. I understand yeah, and respect I that. But if, for me, I think, like I said, the visceral thing is really important to me. So for me, especially if it's for myself, I love building a 500 cubic inch plus motor with a thumpity thumpity because I love and that. And you should be able thumpety. to, but it's not yeah, going to so stop the fact they're going to sell a shit ton of EVs. Of course. Way. And, and again, I got no. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, <laughs> no, they're coming. It, as they're, long as they're here. There, there's room for everything, but, that, yes. but by volume point. and by yes. culture, yes. car manufacturers are not going to be able to make the cars that you're talking about as much in the future. Of as course not. No, just so, leave me alone right. and let me do my thing. I don't, I don't care what yeah, everybody yeah. does. And you are doing your own thing. You're damn right I am. So we'd like to thank our sponsor, ARP and ARP-Bolts.com. And, uh, I mean, we all three build cars. We all work yeah. on this stuff. And I, I tinker. Mean, you tinker. I we, tinker. Yes, we all build. Yeah, and, and you know what? It's, it's kind of a, a really cool multiple-purpose fastener for me because there's all the science and all the technology, which is bottomless. Trust me. Unbelievable amount of research that they put into these sure, things. Sure, absolutely. 
And on top of it, you get them out of the, the package, and they're absolutely beautiful, which I've joked before. It's like jewelry for your right. car. And when we're building yep. a, when we're, yeah, and when we're building a high-end car, it, there isn't anything else going on. It, I need, it's part of the criteria for right. me to have them lining the engine bay, not just on the engine, everywhere. Yeah. Right. So right. you get all the strength, the durability, the reliability, and fantastic good looks. Sure. sure. Kind of like Jeff here. And without, yeah. and without peer. <laughs> without peer. With, and you know what? Or pair. With, with, without peer. There's, no, there's nobody else Correct. that does that what is, they do. It is. So check them out at arp-bolts.com, and they can help you out. And that's totally cool. I mean, look, I'm, I'm not a vegetarian. I get it. People who are, yeah. I like eating meat. I, I yeah. like cars that, you know, yeah, that me burn, and you that are going to gas as well. Let's go get the burger. That's that's right. And, that's you know, for, for me. How are you going to get there? What? <laughs> DoorDash, because I'm too lazy to buy there it. I go. go there myself. I mean, I, um, no, I don't, no. did I say that? No, but I think what you just said is oh. really well said. I mean, we've got a situation where, you know, time marches on and this is what's coming. And I'm curious about. What is the best selling parts in your line? What are you looking at? Yeah, what do you, I was going to ask that. What do you what sell? Do you sell? What's, what, what makes. Are they know? electric fuzzy dice? <laughs> They're not electric fuzzy dice. No. <laughs> Wait, I, hey. No. You know, it, uh, the, to me, the, the aftermarket is designed to, to make things better and to solve problems. So it's yeah. a combination of, of what, are, what are the most popular things to solve and to make no, better. No. I'm going <laughs> to pick on my, on my industry. <laughs> Almost nothing in the hot rod world that was made made anything better. It, it, it made it made it faster a couple of passes, but after that, oh my god, it either leaked or it didn't fit, and I had to drill it. And you know what I'm talking about? If you used aftermarket parts on but it your depends on the problem Japanese you're solving. Stuff. Solving for oh fun, god. that that's the right solve. <laughs> yeah. Makes it better, my ass. So back to the question: It did make it better if it made it fun. That's, sure, uh, that was that's the goal true. you're solving it, for. It, it did make it fun. That's very true. Yeah, kind of. So what are you selling? <laughs> what, 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 what kind of products are you selling? What are what is the popular with EV buyers? Well, um, yeah. a, a couple couple totally different examples to give you kind of a, a range here. Um, carbon ceramic big brakes for the Model S Plaid, thousand horsepower car, heavy. No brakes, yeah, scary. Brakes. Yeah, uh, I could so see that's that. That's popular. Uh, Lighter wheels. We have, strangely enough, we found an audience that is not typical from maybe any of our points of view. We have a lot of customers who don't fit any demographic we're used to, who are older, <laughs> who have never modified a car, who buy our suspension for the Model Y because it makes it ride smooth. So that Which is, one's uh, the Y? I, I don't the, know. It's the, the baby SUV. Yes, it's, it's kind of like a, a larger Model 3. Is that the one with the goofy doors that does the it's dancing? the one you see every five seconds on the road. Uh, yeah, people I, think yeah, okay. I think you're thinking the X. I think you're thinking about the No, the X, X. has got the, 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 the dancing doors. door and everything. Those people need to get beat up. Anyway, I'm sorry. I said that on, the, on <laughs> open. selling public. body kits and such? Yeah, I mean, we I do that as well. I mean, I see those around. I mean, like we were talking earlier, and the situation around my town is that Teslas are more common than any other car. And I understand that Tesla. The Y, best-selling car best in California. Car, yeah. In California. Yep. Oh, that I believe. Yes, it's probably everywhere. the best-selling car in Westlake. I said that too. Anyway, so I have to I have to kind of advocate for our friends. position because we're a little bit different than most aftermarket brands. Everything we do should have a function. So when we talk about body kits, even the concept of body kit to me feels like something that you do for a look, but with no meaning. Uh -huh. Well, we're, we're more interested in aerodynamics and things that actually have function. Okay. So. If so do, do your parts do that? Do you have a splitter actually that actually range. adds down for us? Yeah, so I've actually, we actually employ aerodynamicists that usually have done motorsports okay. to optimize for efficiency. Um, wind tunnel testing? And CFD. Such? Okay. Yeah, so we've done wow. CFD And what are testing. some of those parts? Like a splitter? Uh, front lip and a trunk spoiler. Um, they look pretty much what you'd imagine. They extend the kind of tail off a little bit further off the back of the car. Right. Um, what just cleaning of, up airflow, yeah. you know, there's certain homologation requirements for cars, ramp angles going onto ferries and things that the car manufacturer needs, but the aftermarket doesn't need. So we can play by a bit of a different rule book to clean up some of the aero on the car without decreasing usability. Right. We're not killing ground clearance, but we're adding range at high speed. Sure. How much, how much range are you increasing it with these aero kits? It's all relative to speed. On city uh -huh. streets, it doesn't matter when you're doing 30. Sure. If you're doing 80 on a road trip, you would see a pretty sizable difference. Really? Sometimes 20 miles difference, which could be the difference yeah. of you know, having to stop another stop or not. I was told it's by Smokey Unic. Smokey Unic, there's a name drop. Yes, it's indeed. All, it's all um, square the speed. So the faster you go, more it does. Absolutely. At low speed, it doesn't do much. But then the opposite, right. for, for city no, driving, no. for police cars, for example, we're optimizing on wheels. Traditionally, police cars are heavy steel wheels. We're doing forged wheels for the police cars because moment of inertia sure. and, you know, rotational mass is important right. in that area. Oh, yeah, scenario. unsprung weight. Precisely. Huge. 
So like three times three, right? It, it depends on what problem you're solving. So right. for police, it's low speed, for at least for our police departments. And for consumer, sometimes it's high speed. Of course, anything where you're taking weight off, where there's efficiency gains, multipliers for unsprung weight, for additional mass, you want to do that anyways. So which body are you using for the uh, police car? Using the Y? Y and then uh, a couple Model 3s, but we're trying to phase out Model 3 because the Y is better. And then Cybertruck we've been developing a lot for right now. C Cybertruck. They have a custom Cybertruck. We developed a lot of parts for the Cybertruck, which you know in itself is controversial. I have my own theory about the Cybertruck. <laughs> I think everyone does. What's yours? Let's hear it. Well, th this is going to sound like an insult, but it's meant as a compliment to Elon. I know Elon, as we just discussed, is his. He definitely marches to his own drum. He definitely does the thing he believes in or the thing he wants to do. Mm -hmm. I think a perfect example, which we also touched base quickly on, was the flamethrower. Yeah. I I since I I design, I concept design, and we hand build the cars that I design. Okay. Um, as a designer. I'll tell you my theory that I hope is true. It's probably not, but I really hope it is. I think that truck is a big old joke from Elon Musk of let me design something that looks like a five-year-old drew it, and I'm going to get my company so popular that I'm going to pull off an emperor has no clothes and people are going to buy this dopey-looking thing anyway. Uh, pet rock? Right. Yeah. I, I personally have, I cannot fathom, and again, I, I don't care what's powering it. Nothing to do with Tesla, nothing to do with electric. You're welcome to tell us. I cannot, fa I cannot fathom what human would look at that thing unless you're five years old and go, wow, that's, that's something I want in my driveway. It looks like a really bad set car from like a 1970s sci-fi movie. Like a it's, Blade Runner? It's, yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. As a design, and I'm, I'm, hey, I'm the one without the billions. Mm -hmm. So obviously my opinion is nothing but compared to his. Yeah. But I... That's right. Yeah, you can, hey, you come right into so, my, my email's purevisionss at aol.com. I, I personally think the thing is horrifically ugly. Yeah. And the only thing I can think of is since I think he has an amazing wit and sense of humor and sense of whatever it is, is I'm going to see if people are going to buy this. You watch it. You watch. And by the way, if there's even 1% that I'm right, he was right. They're buying it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, that's but, the funniest part. Well, what, what, well, what, that's what me think on that truck. It? What do mm. you think is behind this? Well, first of all, you know, as car enthusiasts, I celebrate diversity of cars. We're at the Peterson where there's every type of car. True. So you I bet. personally don't really care what most people's opinions are. What matters is if, if you deliver a product that appeals to enough people to make economic sense to make the product live. And True, sometimes but great art is divisive, and yes, you may is. call it dog poop if you want. Right. But I think it's there ugly are plenty of people who love it. I happen to be on the side who loves it. Oh, um, God, how do you like that? Thing? Why, why do you ugly. why do you love it? What ugly. do you what do you see Sean, in that, that utility? Do you see just a complete departure design wise? What what is it that draws you to that car? I think it's unapologetic, which I appreciate anyone who does that. Elon's that way personally, yeah. but I think the vehicle. And that's is, why I think it is like that. But it's unapologetic, not as a prank, as you refer to it as. I swear it's to unapologetic. God. It's unapologetic as an engineering exercise of of Fair uh, you know form following function. Um, you know, the, but it's so oddly shaped. Why would that be? Form, I mean, you could, you could, have, could you, I'll, could, could let you, me change could it. you shape could you that not have all that stuff way. and not yeah. have it look that dopey? And we, ha and we, could have. it still be the same? Do yeah. everything that it does and all its abilities and I think you have to sacrifice the super rugged steel exterior if you want a different shape. And you would, what, well, for, to, 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 to get to, what you that? want, you would have to because the steel can't form and the ways you might want it to form at that thickness. And what's interesting about it, ah. um, you know, on my end, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm a father. I have a three-year-old son, about to be three in January. And I'm looking forward to, to using this because you don't have to worry about it in any scenario. If you wanted to play baseball and throw your baseball at the damn thing, you could, and it won't hurt it. If you were in a parking lot and you're worried about parking next to, you know, someone door dinging you or a supermarket, someone running, you know, something into it, there's nothing that's going to hurt that that truck because it's all unpainted steel, and I think that's interesting. It's not so, for everyone, but it's so very you are stating that theoretically, his plan is he wanted a very 
solid, indestructible truck. And so to do that, the thickness of the material that he found he needed to use to give it that indestructibility could really couldn't be formed with flowing shapes precisely so it, and, it, and so, what i think they so would he say, was more in theory because i can't you and i can't say what he did he was more worried about the final result of indestructibility than if it looked good or not i think they don't really i think they don't give a shit what anyone thinks for first impression oh i believe that fully no. And what they care about is how it functions. Right, I I believe that. And there's a very deep belief that if it functions better, people will begin to accommodate an unfamiliar shape because it functions better. Right. And I think that's Mm. the challenge is a year or two from now, will your opinion change or not? In the beginning, (laughs) it's 100% what the hell is this? I don't understand it and it's not traditional. And you you can compare it to like, you know, the 70s wedge-shaped cars because there has some inspiration from there. But the bottom line is it's a pure engineering example mm-hmm. that disregards public perception of what design should look like. Fair enough. And, well, and if enough people buy it, then by definition it worked. Agreed. Your, your point's well taken. Look at the cars we're surrounded by here. The shapes that they are are marketing exercises to make them different and show somebody some different style so that that guy picks that one as opposed to that one or that one or as opposed to that one. It's all marketing functionality is what you're seeing here and the situation is that that vehicle may function better because of the because of the shaping and such that it is certainly the parking lot rash will go away but you've got a situation where it's all i'm just saying that too many times it's all a matter of marketing what does it look like does it appeal to me because it's got the headlights where it is or the grill looks like that or this one's got whatever so those are all marketing exercises. Why does a truck look the way it does? Why does a truck change over time? Because it may not have anything to do with functionality. It may just be all about shape, right. which I know there, is at the course of your business. Yeah, there's, there's, your there's business room is, for every different kind of person. I have to say, when the iPhone opinion. first came out, everyone was like, what is this nonsense? There's no buttons on it. And it took a while for people to start to adopt to the iPhone. Great. And you know, with Steve Jobs, his point of view was, he felt he knew what the customer needed before they did, and he was going to bet a lot of the business on it. And I think in this case, it's the same. No one was doing focus groups saying, oh, how do you like our design? They were just very confident that the purpose of a pickup mm. truck should do these things. Right. They're going to make it, and people will either get with the program or not, and either way is okay. Right. Um, I think that's the point. Also, what you said earlier, by the way, about your business uh, with making cars fun, and sometimes fun is at the opposition of practical. Yes, it is. You have to understand your customer and what you're trying yes. to do. Yes, I, in this yes, case, I do. they, I think, willingly sacrificed someone's first impressions of what a shape should be. And what was more important in that exercise was what a truck should be. As and long this as is their vision. Of and that. when you voice it that way, I'm fine with it. In that mm-hmm. exercise, their focus was usability, right. uh, super strong. How do you et cetera, define a truck? That's their definition. Of right, it. right. Yeah. For and everyone's me, welcome to their own. I am, I am of the, and I've driven them. I've driven a couple. Um, I would rather be uncomfortable and cramped in that horrible driving position in a Lamborghini Countach because that thing, look at it. It's Italian mechanical sex. And for me, if I'm spending money or something that I like, I'm not being analytical about that of if it will get dented or not. I want to own the coolest thing that makes nobody else, by the way. I want to be, you, you know, uh, we, we've, we've got a car designer in the wings. You know you did it right, for yourself at least. When you turn, if you park the car and you shut it and you turn around and look at it again before you go in the house and you're like, right. I dig my ride. That is a different human right. than Cyber somebody. Cybertruck owners will 100% be doing that. Oh, you they will not will. be one of them, but a lot yeah. of them will yeah. be. No, I get and, it. And that's but, but a lot of that's based on ego. I mean, our egos have for years have been fed by the fact that we build cool cars that we like to drive sure. and that we do turn and, around and look at. But at the same time, I understand what you're saying. And it's, been, it's a good exercise to talk about what draws people to a design or what draws people to buy a vehicle. And sometimes what we have to do is also realize that a lot of people don't care what they're driving. That's, yes, I mean, and I know, have to, gonna, gonna I have to a, admit that to myself every day when I'm out on the right. highway and looking I, at I, all the decisions but, but, people make. But I don't made. see you, the, the Cybertruck <laughs> driver or the, cars who, the guys who drive your cars being in, in that category at all. They care very much what they drive. I think that's so. actually the problem of the Cybertruck is that the Cybertruck is so divisive that it becomes a statement vehicle 
But the idea it of does. a pickup truck is pure utility. And this is the only opposing concept. Ideally, if it could fly more under the radar and be that usable, it'd be better. Right now, especially for the first year, you're going to get more looks driving a Cybertruck than you are driving a Lamborghini Countach. And that's kind of crazy for a pickup truck. But I could, I've, I'll, I'll flip this. I'll take this conversation and put in a conversation I've had with a couple of editors about some things that made it onto the covers of their magazines. And some of them were atrocious. Yes. And I knew the background beside, behind some of the decisions for certain vehicles was based on it had a lot of numbers online. It had a lot of hits. It was really popular. My point is, is just because it has a lot of interest from shock value or whatever doesn't mean it's attractive or worthy of being on your cover of your magazine. And I also subscribe to the theory of sheeple. I think a ton of people, because it's popular or whatever it is, and we can step aside from the Cybertruck, just you brought up the phone thing. Yeah. I hate my phone. I hate phones. I use them because I own a business. But it's like, <laughs> there are people, I mean, uh, we, can, we can go down this rabbit hole. There's studies from smarter people than me at universities that say this is more addictive than heroin. Well, our phone usage is very unhealthy as yes. general society. And I agree so, with you there. And so those people that live and breathe by this. But that's and not the problem of the phone. That's the problem of the user. I agree with you. But I'm saying yes. where I'm going with that is people are sheeple. They'll just do and be Absolutely. most popular. Yeah. And so it doesn't, for me, I'm, I'm more raised eyebrow judgmental of I'm really not interested if it's all blah, blah, blah. Was it a good choice? You know, now if the truck lasts 25, 30 years and it does everything that Elon set out for it to do, then that's a target win. And I will be the first person to go right. target win. I just, I'm not really thrilled with looking at it. Yeah, I, think, I think if it lasts five years, if he continues to build it for five years, that's a huge win. But again, I, 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 I understand that. I, I would still the, argue as a car enthusiast, you're yeah. better suited having cars you dislike than cars that all look the same. Diversity is still important. Mm -hmm. I agree. I don't think you'd want every car to look the same. No, 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 no. Because you might be offended by the shape of one. I think no, you'd rather no. have diversity. I, I'm fine with that, but right now there's so much diversity I can handle it. And pickup pick trucks, really? I got enough. Well, not, I go, not on pickups. Not I go pickups. all the way back. I own a 1931 Model A pickup. I'm yeah. talking about ones you can buy today. Yeah, I know. Well, I can go buy it. I just bought it. But <laughs> I'm saying I've got it. I'm, I'm being yeah. personal. I'm not. I'm yeah. not sharing yeah. with the world. Yeah. There's a lot of choices for me. For sure. In the things that I like, I can go get one. But again, it, hey, I, I, I'm saying it to the camera, between me and Elon Musk, he's the dude. He's yeah. the one making billions. I'm not. So heard, he's clearly it, doing yeah. something right. You heard it here. It's official. Yeah. Okay. So I got no problem uh, saying that, but gonna, it doesn't mean I'm I have to my, like the ugly yeah, thing. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get my Aztec and my Pinto and come on over. Oh, God. <laughs> no, Actually, think, the Pinto. Oh, he, yeah. yeah. Well, wait, we just talked about the Cybertruck. Yes, please explain. Oh, well, your, your, your Cybertruck. Cyber yes, he's, yeah, got, we, he's, I, legal, I, he's got an You know what? I'm just cyber. trying to fill time. That's kind of where I was. God. Talking. We don't need any problem filling time. We gotta, really? No, we're doing good. Oh, good. Okay. In fact, we're... we're uh, oh, we're then gonna, I take it all back. <laughs> that's right. Yes, talk about your, your Cybertruck. Yeah, so, so... What are you doing? So you're modifying the Cybertruck? The nature of... of yes. Again, the nature of our business is to try to figure out how to make cars exciting. And Tesla, for the first time, has made a pickup truck. So we have to think about... What can we do to make this more exciting? Just like we think about how to take a plaid to Pikes Peak and race. Sure. Wait, uh, the right. Cybertruck inherently is not a race car, so we took a different approach. And um, that approach is? That approach is, well, let, let's take a step back. I think in the best case aftermarket businesses, my hope at least, and our, our philosophy is that we understand the DNA of the vehicle and we try to make it more of whatever it's supposed to be. We're not trying to go against the grain. We're trying to enhance the attributes. So, okay. For a sports car, it's meant to go fast. For a Cybertruck, what's it meant to do? That's the first question. And your opinion is it's meant to look ugly. I think it's probably <laughs> what you think it is. For me, no, it's utility. I, I think it's meant to be the most rugged, badass thing that you can drive. Does it have actual cargo space? There's lots of cargo space. Six-foot bed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so for us, we try to figure out. Is it out standard? Like the same Every same, Cybertruck is one spec, just different power. No, levels. I mean, are they like for me because I've owned tons of pickups, late model pickups. Yeah, I've got it. I have a, a certain brand and make a model. I get and I get four door, full long cab, long bed, eight bed, eight foot bed. But 
any place you go to, like Ford, Chevy, Dodge, a six foot bed is blank by blank. Yeah. Is it contort? Does it conform to the same blank by blank of a six foot bed, say in an F one fifty? It should be very similar. I believe the F one fifty might not be six foot exactly. I think this might be a little bit longer. The the front overhangs. Did they see? Shorter. I haven't crawled up to one because I'm too scared of it. Um, does it got the inserts in the bed for like two by fours and all that stuff? Like all, all my trucks have that stuff. Yeah. They're already. So what's interesting with the bed of a cyber truck is it has an L track on both sides. Yep. I've seen, I've know yeah. of that. Yeah. There's one downstairs. Okay. Well, well I that, that, downstairs. that one's actually bigger though. The one downstairs. So they, they, they shrunk it a little bit with the production one. Oh, okay. But yeah, long story short, we went the opposite approach for our other cars. We make a lot of lightweight carbon parts for the cyber truck. We're making steel bumpers that are extremely rugged, you know, attaching swing arms with molly panels, uh, you know, having provisions for a spare wheel, which the truck doesn't have natively. So we have an attachment to a molly panel with the swing arm off the back bumper, storage systems, lift kits, uh, How steel is the front suspension? bumpers and winches. Because yeah, it, oh, it, it has a pretty high range of, of lift for air. So it's, it's pretty Because just diverse. like the, 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 the normal car, um, which you've already said, your your Pike Speed car, you threw out the Tesla suspension because we have four thousand pounds of downforce. Right. And that's no, a of lot course. To ask of their no, suspension. no, no. I I, yeah. I I understand that, but yeah. you're not using their A arms either. You're not using yeah, their geometry. All that. Yeah. That's my point. You're increasing the geometry. So we've developed new A arms for the Cybertruck. For the truck. Lift okay. It. Yeah. Yeah. We we basically have a two and a half inch lift that has all new suspension. Is marks. it retaining the factory air? Or are you going it to is. A, to a we, coil? We didn't over? want to go against the grain. The air suspension is so integral to the function of the. Oh truck okay. that okay. we didn't want to go to an aftermarket suspension That's and lose cool. that functionality. So we found a way to make the air suspension happy and put it to an half inch lift. It's fairly comprehensive and not that cheap to accomplish, but the purpose is if you want to lift the truck, you can without pissing the truck off because air suspension is functional across is, a lot of Is this things. now a developed part for sale or you're doing this currently? It is a engineered part. We are in prototyping phase for the mm -hmm. suspension component. We have some things already in stock, some things that are different stages of, of engineering and development. So we have all the CAD work done. We're in fabrication right now, first units. Because the trucks are being delivered now, right? Yeah. Yeah. They are. So they're in. And, and low volumes. It's a whole new manufacturing process they have. Yeah. Obviously, we're not used to seeing full stainless cars. So the whole assembly is, it's a, it's a spool up for a whole new production method for Tesla. Which is great. They have no paint, so they have to find a place a for the steps. flux capacitor there. Yeah, I know. I saw a Delorean over here. Well, and Delorean, looking at that, yeah, you know, it's go. absolutely. Yeah, well, DeLorean's that's good. What gauge steel is it? What gauge uh, stainless? Uh, what is it? I know, but Couldn't if you're not worried about door dings, it's got to be pretty. It's thick, and on top of that, I mean, you guys know enough about Elon and his businesses that SpaceX, the Starship, is made out of stainless. So Tesla and SpaceX share some of the same engineering resources for for their metals. So mm. this is not a traditional stainless. They've hardened it, and they've also made it more anti-corrosive. Um, so it has some lineage with the the Starship rocket, which. At one point, that rocket was originally carbon fiber, and they moved to stainless because it has. I remember hearing that. Yeah. It has benefits when when it heats up. You don't have to add all the extra and shielding. Reentry and stuff exactly. too. Yeah, exactly. So hmm. they got really, really talented engineering teams at SpaceX and Tesla. Once in a while, you see these things cross over. In this case, you're seeing some commonality between SpaceX and Tesla with the body, which I think is also pretty cool. Sure. You give hmm. tours. You give tours down there. Like, um, if I came down, when you take me for around? you? Yes. Okay. Yeah, for, right. Not yeah. me. I would like to go down there. I've already like burned that there. bridge. Absolutely. <laughs> no. I, I actually, uh, the most okay. fun thing for us is to make someone who who hates EVs get excited I, about it. I, so again, I don't. I would love hate, to be more than anybody. I don't. I don't hate. You hate I the just, cyber truck, I think. I just. He I doesn't like the. I don't truck. hate the cyber <laughs> truck. Pretty clear. I think it's an. A, not a pretty design. How's that? That's a nicer way to put it. I right. think you it's should come down and design. drive one of our cyber trucks uh, when the time yeah, comes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll down, we'll down I'll go drive it we'll again. Drive it. it could be the greatest thing in the world, yeah. but I don't want to look at it. <laughs> well, put on blinders. Okay, there. fine. When it's a matte black, it's pretty badass. I have to say. There you hmm. go. Right. Still All looks right. like something from All a right. sci-fi movie, but well, anyway. Well, we've we've reached the uh, end of our time here. Oh my! I God. actually We're I over. actually like this guy. I can, over, I can joust with him. Yeah, He's this all is a, right. This is, this is a longer one, dude. Man. This sticks was in, man. This was good. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you understand the. the I love this. Tape. I mean, any listening any time part of talk, it's interesting. Right. It's and, always good. And, and, and that's and, the best thing is before you go. By the way, congratulations, because as a former as a other business owner, I completely salute going against the grain, doing the thing you think is going to happen and the thing you want to do, 100%, Thank you, you know, all the respect in the world. And 
That's hard to do, folks. Let me tell you about what what is it like? How many? What's the percentage of small businesses that uh, fail? Probably like ninety some low. percent, right? Yeah, it's very low. And number, and yeah. then you're doing something that who knows if it's even going to catch on. Right. So he's like super small percent of successful. So that deserves respect. Uh, and it's you. super cool. And at least you're taking something that you know started life as a egg beater and now it's a car and, <laughs> and making it fun and exciting and fast yes, and doing yeah. cool stuff absolutely. so hey at least you're on our team yep, you know you want stuff to perform and work so salute and respect you thank bet. you i really you appreciate bet. that yeah, no problem well, ben it's been uh, terrific to have you here appreciate so you how do people find him uh, how do people find him where's the website, website? Unpluckedperformance.com. If you're into EVs and if you're not, Bulletproof Automotive is on the Japanese and European sports car side. We Got do it. both, but my main focus is converting people into being EV enthusiasts one conversation at a time because there's a lot to be interested in. And by the way, totally love and respect any car enthusiast regardless of that. Right. Um, the whole point is about diversity in car culture. Sure. And I think when we give up on EVs in the future, car culture suffers. So I'm really an advocate of just an exciting future by whatever means we can do it. Yeah, awesome. Good call. That's awesome. Thank you again well, for, for coming on and visiting. Appreciate Excellent. it. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and uh, thanks for watching the latest episode of Car Guy Confessions with Jeff Smith, sponsored by ARP-Bolts.com. There you I go. this time. There you go. All right. And the Peterson Museum for uh, the lovely surroundings. That's this true. This is wonderful. Thank yeah. you very much. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank See you guys. See you next time.